In August 2015, Gary Newman and Dana Walden, co-chairs and CEOs at Fox, met with journalists to discuss the upcoming Prison Break reboot. When questioned about the reasoning behind rebooting this particular show, Walden remarked that people are still interested in these characters. And she was right. Prison Break remains one of the most successful library shows on Netflix. What is it about these properties that make them so ripe for being remade? A cynic might argue that it's the result of a tired system relying on fond nostalgia to gather as much cash as possible from a sinking ship. But what if it were something more? What if there was some intangible quality that couldn't be quantified? This show is about the search for that essence. This is Still Interested for Curio. Still interested, our TV and film reboot remake podcast for the Curio Network of Podcasts. I'm, as always, your cyberpunk dystopia boy, Ben McAllister. And I'm your hydraulic son, Jackson Usid. <laughs> and we're joined today by a special guest. A very special guest. Uh, a gentleman of great renown and great repute. Across the land. You, you may know him as DJ Pat Merritt. Uh, or you may know him by his Christian name. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'd love to. It's Matt Parrott. Hey! To talk to you about robots. Hey! hey. Yeah, we are talking about robots, and that's a nice little segue there, Matt, because we are, of course, talking about the 2014 remake of Robocop. Without further ado, shall we dip right into the notes? Yeah, let's just roll in. First thing I want to note is that MGM intro. It oh. was so strange. It was like a close-up on the lion's eye, and then we zoomed out, and instead of having the roar, we get the lion going like, brah, brah. <laughs> It was very, yeah, very very and 21 Savage. The lion's thing definitely went for a little bit too long. Yep. But, obviously, this was for a very yeah. good reason. At this point, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Fuck is this? And then it rolls straight into the movie. And, like, talk about a captivating opening, man. Because what we've got is fucking uh, a figure that we can't see yet from behind, standing there, head down, doing some, like, theatre exercises to, like, loosen up his jaw and, like, clear out his airways and shit. He's like... And doing all that shit that, you know, we all as big theatre jerks understand. And then you better believe it's Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Jackson in the mix. Coming in hot right off the top, not fucking about with the big cast. Like, just like, it, it's Samuel Jackson. He's the first face you see in this movie. And it's basically, like, he's, he's running, like, a, a sort of, like, Fox in- News Info Wars. It's like Info yeah. Wars, essentially. Yeah, it, it's a little more mainstream, because, like, he does get, like, you know, politicians and shit on. But, yeah, he's doing some very, like, right-wing media. Mm. His name's Pat Novak. And he's essentially, like trying to pitch the world on, or the, the US specifically, on the concept of Robocops. He's like, every other nation in the world uses Robocops, and we make all the Robocops, and we don't have them. And right away, I'm like, man, this is an interesting change of pace. They're pitching it about, like, nationalism in America rather than, like, Detroit, which is what the original movie was about. I definitely just had the words American machines written down in giant (laughs) letters. Really stuck with me from that opening. Because there's a fair bit of social satire in the original film. And this one yeah. sort of, like, comes in being like, oh, we're doing it too. Like, like American military interventionism and that sort of thing. And there's these American robots all around the world policing the world, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And in the film, just every time Samuel L. Jackson's not on screen, it forgets that that's a key part of the movie. Yep. And it's exactly. just kind of like, it's yeah. gone. <laughs> 
it is so bizarre because like I feel like so much of the like parody skewering is gone and this is a movie about America <laughs> yeah. about American robots saving American lives <laughs> so so like we're, we're getting all this like high tech interview stuff where like uh, I don't know there's all holograms on the screens and shit and we're cutting across to Tehran mm. where of course we are because it's 2014 mm-hmm. and we're learning about how these American robots the ED209s and the EM208s if you watched Robocop you of course remember the ED209 it's the big two footed like fucking at at yeah they can't walk downstairs yeah they can't walk downstairs and (laughs) interesting that I I mentioned at at here I didn't even have that in my notes this came to me I I want to flag with you guys I picked up a lot of like Star Wars vibes and Star Wars illusions throughout this flick Mm. so we'll come back to that I'm sure but of course we're in Tehran and we're learning about how these American robots are keeping people safe no red assets have ever been lost before. So, like, the news crew that are over there are all wearing these flashing red bracelets that, like, tell the robots they're not allowed to shoot them. And, yeah, robots are rolling around, like, scanning the locals and being like, may peace be upon you, in these, like, oh, huge, man. loud robo voices. <laughs> Pretty invasive. And at this point, if it's okay with both of you, I'd like to introduce my first mighty goof for this Ooh, movie. Oh, I wish you would. Yeah, starting early. Starting early with the goofs in this flick. Uh, honestly, makes be- sense, to be honest, like, contextually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the beginning scene in Tehran, the robot greets the locals in Arabic, while people in Iran speak Persian. Now, I can argue that that's maybe not actually a goof, but, like, skewering American foreign <laughs> policy, and they're like... Complete misunderstanding <laughs> of the situation on the ground. It's actually a very subtle joke, not a goof at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like one person in the audience worldwide that's like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys also thinking like, all right, what is this? Like, what are we watching? Because I was like, is this Samuel L. Jackson stumping for Robocops or is this about robots in the Middle East? Yeah, like, what is well, happening? I, because we'd gone from this, this like over the top Samuel L. Jackson interview thing and then to these like borderline sort of like, I just automatically thought Hurt Locker with like all yeah. these like yeah, American soldiers, yeah, yeah, and like big robots. I very quickly was like, hell yeah! Like, I was like, I'm kind of into. It. I, I I knew I was like, we're not going to stay in Tehran. Like I know yeah, that. I was so ready to stay in Tehran. Yeah, no, I was so ready it. for this movie to be about RoboCop in the Middle East. That would be so <laughs> dope. Been so good. But no, it's a movie about America. So, uh, basically, <laughs> the, the robots are, like, scanning different civilians and being, like, not threat or maybe threat or whatever fucking applies. And then fucking Samuel Jackson is there and he's just like, ah, oh, this is so fucking great. He's, like, <laughs> yeah. back in his studio and he's just like, look at this shit. Look at these robots, man. They're doing such a great job. Why don't we have them here in the States? And he just loves these robo boys. And he pulls up some, like, chief military advisor from the Pentagon on his screen and the guy's like... Hey, we had Vietnam, we had Korea, and just like lists a bunch of wars, and then he's like, never again. <laughs> it's as if they were like they started filming too early, and then we're like, oh, that's actually not too bad, and then that's what they gave us. Like, it feels really bizarre in the context of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a little strange. Like, it, it really is just like a soft, soft rollout of the film. Uh, then, so yeah, this isn't yet about police, I guess. Uh, but now we're back in Iran and we see some people wearing bomb vests and planning something in a language we in America don't speak and uh, they're getting ready because something's about to go down so there's like a small insurgent force that are like sort of fighting back against these um, like the ED-209s and, and the other ones but we get that sort of like close up on a few of these characters and then them busting out and actually like um, engaging in like open warfare essentially which is like 
I was kind of like, okay, cool, kind of like a, a, an interesting thing to show. And then we just like cut to this one guy who like leaps off a rooftop on top of an oh, e- e- like an oh, ED209 yeah. and just detonates south. himself. And I was like, oh, what it, the fuck? Like, it blows up so fast, it ex- man. Yeah, it accelerates exponentially. <laughs> it's just like pedal to the floor. Like, and then of course, like fucking ultra violence, absurd levels of gore and violence, highly remakeable. One of the blends of remakeability from the original film. Uh, so they're, they're hitting that early. The, kill from these robots is immense like this guy runs out of the street he's just got like a kitchen knife yeah and no he, he, it wasn't even a guy it's the little kid the kid uh, runs oh out man. with a kitchen knife and uh. he's just standing there and the robot sees the knife yeah. and it's thing goes fucking threat perceived yeah. and then just goes in on him and like destroys his entire house <laughs> so <laughs> to kill this like one you know like prepubescent child it's it's ridiculous. It's incredibly brutal. And so we sort of come out of here and have um, Pat Novak essentially like everyone's freaking out and, and like they they cut the feed because the Pentagon is like telling them to cut the feed or whatever. And then Pat Novak just turns to his audience, being like, "Ah, oh, incredible!" And then it's like, "It makes you wonder." <laughs> and this is my first title pitch. Yep. Why is America so robophobic? Yeah, yes. dude. Amazing. Yeah. Fucking SLJ barrels the camera <laughs> to live this robophobic. <laughs> and for me, at this point, Pat Novak's pulling an MVP nomination oh, yeah, for me dude, right for now. For sure. Because he this scene was high energy. Uh, we hear about a business boy named Raymond Sellers, who's played by the inimitable Michael Keaton. Yes. Uh, and straight away, dude, you're looking at these cast and you're like, fuck me, the cast in this movie. <laughs> but you got to remember, this is 2014, I guess, pre-Birdman. Same yeah, year so. as Birdman. Oh, whoa. Damn. Whoa. Yeah, whoa. Yeah. Birdman really um, jumped out of Robocop then. Yeah, wow. <laughs> uh, so it turns out the business boy, uh, is it Raymond Sellers? I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, wants to use these bots in fucking the streets of America and uh, there's this law that says that robots can't be used in that capacity because this is all a pre-movie movie that explains yes, the movie that we're about to watch <laughs> yes beautiful Robocop titles mm. and the music dude and the oh, music, yeah. the <laughs> music goes music. fucking yeah. hard but like, I actually yeah. really liked it here I was like fuck yeah I'm in yeah I was feeling it I was pretty immersed I like I, I just want to get to this. Like, I genuinely, like, I feel like this is a better movie than the original. <laughs> there, there were things that we, like, particularly hit on in the previous movie that was like, so wait, the whole thing's about, like, a robot human thing and he has a family, but we never see the family and they're not in the movie. And then also, like, the primary villains are just these random criminals. Whereas, like, here it feels like this movie goes in the directions that you actually expect it to. Uh, we're back in Detroit. And yes, baby. I'm so glad to be back in Detroit, which I don't think is anything anyone has ever said before. <laughs> I really <laughs> <laughs> did enjoy sort of how you were just saying before Jackson how it kind of has things and then forgets it how it went from this like really intense Tehran scene yeah and then suddenly we're just back in Detroit in yep. an a, apparently sort of futuristic like police office but <sighs> it still looks like like shithole Detroit like yeah. it literally looks like a warehouse <laughs> that they're in <laughs> and just like it's just kind of like a classic sort of like oh Murphy he's a big dog in this police department yeah. Yeah. and he's like walking through and everyone's like Murphy what's up and he's just kind of like walking through being like I've got anger problems I shouldn't be given a weapon yeah so he, yeah. he, he walks into his boss's office and his boss is like Murphy you've pulled some fucked up shit back there we got six cops in hospital and Jack's in critical condition and you're gonna talk to me before you pull shit like like this man and fucking you're rough around the edges but god damn it do you get results Murphy like it's it's, yeah. it's 
yeah, that well, whole fucking meme, you know? One of, one of the it's things not like, even, because they, they're lambasting him for not even getting the result. They're basically <laughs> just being like, hey, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, it, it may seem silly, but one of the things I noticed is that at least in this scene, literally no one can shave. Everybody <laughs> has at least some degree of facial hair, which I think is very important. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have to address it. It'd be foolish not to. There's these other two cops that are in there that are like, Murphy, you're a fucking idiot. You fucked up and got your partner shot. His partner is Lewis, Jack Lewis, yes. as we later learn. But we'll Who has uh, become a man since the last film and is now yep. also black. So a bit of yes. a change for, yeah. for Lewis as a character. The white woman that Lewis was in the original <laughs> film. But yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that the whole thing. Like, I, I don't know if this necessarily falls into that time frame, but there was some, I don't know, you're probably much more well-versed in this, Jackson, as, as, a, as a film boy, that talk about how like Hollywood's moving away from the like boy meets girl story and into like bromances. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like obsessed with being all about dudes being friends with dudes. Because like, it, it's so hard to do romance in films now. Like, think, think of like, particularly like, within action films, how hard it is to make an audience actually give a shit. For example, this film about the key romantic relationship. About any of the characters. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to actually like create something which feels genuine within the, that framework. But if you put two guys together and have them like fucking like swearing to each other's life as they're like firing up rounds into the sky, it's like, yeah, yeah man, what a friendship. I miss that. I America that. and action <laughs> and boys. Yeah. yeah, for sure. He and his partner, who we now get to see, Jack Lewis, uh, who is fucking Omar from The Wire, by yeah, the way. Yeah, dude. So this movie with its cast, man, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, they were doing like a like a buy-bust type deal where they were going to buy these guns off these arms dealers, and then they were like, oh, these guns that they have are like way too powerful, and like street dealers shouldn't have these guns. And then they're like, yo, what are you guys, cops? And like they think they basically have like run up against another fucking sting operation. Uh, but it turns out that they're like... No, we work for Antoine Valen. We work for Valen, man. And it turns out the weapons were stolen from the cops. And so fucking, like, Valen's a crime lord. I guess his name just got dropped. And now Murphy yeah. and Lewis are going after Valen. Fucking Omar, sorry, Lewis drops. <laughs> These guys will shoot you to see if their guns work. Yeah. <laughs> which is a pretty fucking great thing to say. And uh, they get in, like, a dinner where they're meeting with Valen and his offsider. And then Murphy's, like, in the voiceover explaining. He's like, but someone tipped him off. And then fucking Valen's like, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, just wait here a moment, gentlemen. And he walks out of the room, and this fucking death squad comes in. Murphy flips the table, and we're right back into the ultraviolence, oh, dude. Man, they destroyed an entire restaurant yeah. in, like, one <laughs> tiny four-person meeting. The like... collateral damage is so high. Lewis is like, get out of here, Murphy, I'm gonna cover you. And then, like, he stays back. Murphy runs up, fucking flops out a window in the funniest looking way like he just <laughs> falls through this glass window smashes it out into the street Lewis tries to follow and get shot and that's pretty yeah. much the end of the fight like that, that's how Lewis got shot and that's how Lewis is in hospital so Murphy's boss tells him to stop doing reckless shit and now we're in the Senate with Michael Keaton, uh, <laughs> and we hear a lot of fun things. Well, so basically, like, Sellers, Michael Keaton's character, is arguing with the Senate about what's called the, the Dreyfus Act, which is the law that, like, means that robots can't be police. And <laughs> fucking Senator Dreyfus is there being like, a machine doesn't oh, know how to feel, man. He's very robophobic, dude. dude. Yeah, oh, he's, he's a robophobe, man, no all, question. All those robophobes. Yeah, and he's here with all these fucking first-year philosophy unit ideas ruminating <laughs> on the nature of consciousness and the nature... Man, he's like, what does your robot feel, Sellers, when it kills children? And Sellers is like, yeah, they don't feel anything. That's the point. And then fucking the guy's like, well, and because they don't feel anything, that's why they can't work in America, the fucking country with the most feelings. Oh, and God. and that's the 
that's pretty much what happens yeah, in the Senate scene. That's the scene. Now we're in the Omnicorp boardroom, and uh, we've got Sellers and a couple of his offsiders, this lady and guy that we meet periodically throughout the film, just the generic um, yeah, Omnicorp board members. The and the one dude in marketing is like, fucking, if we expand to America, that's a $600 billion oh. market we can capitalize on. Basically, what that means is every second that law is in effect, we're hemorrhaging money. money. It's like, that's not how that yeah, works. Yeah, so incorrect. You're just not making money. Like, you're not losing any, it's though. It's still cool. you money. <laughs> yeah, there's an opportunity yeah. cost associated there, for sure. But it's like... It's not like they're hemorrhaging money by not being able to roll out in America. That was so fucking stupid. Um, so, so Sellers realizes that in order to fucking get Robocop into America, they have to give it a heart because Americans love emotions. And he says, we're going to put a man inside a machine. This is very heavy-handed, this yeah. scene. It really just is like, yeah, setting up the idea of putting a man in a machine. Well, this whole this the whole couple of minutes between like the hearing and this is just so laboured. Like, and it's just kind of like, okay, come on. <laughs> like, I think <laughs> there's only so many times you can say machine, emotion, and feeling in the same like yeah. group of words before it like actually clicks, right? We literally could have dispensed with that entire Omnicorp scene and gone straight from the Senate hearing to the next thing, which mm. is Sellers walks into his research labs at Omnicorp where fucking Gary Oldman is yes. sitting there talking to like some dude with robotic hands about how he can still play the guitar even though he has robot hands and he starts playing the guitar but then he starts having emotions and his fucking robot hands shut down and they're like oh emotions break the robotics gee I wonder if that's gonna be yeah. fucking the central plot of this movie dude says he's like I need emotion to play and it's like come on like you had fucking four screenwriters on this come on <laughs> <laughs> Gary Oldman meets up with Sellers. Fucking Gary Oldman, man. What, what's his name? Dr. Fenton? Norton. Fenton? Norton. 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 <laughs> <laughs> hey, close Fenton's enough. not bad. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dr. Norton meets up with uh, Raymond Sellers and he's like, hey, I want to make a Robocop. And then that's the end of that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, that's all the discussion required. Yeah. People are like, do you want to do this? Yes. Yes, all right, fine. <laughs> we can do that. So I watched the film with a bunch of um, like actors and that sort of thing. Emma noted that like for some reason, this camera will not keep still ever the man doesn't like tripods evidently because like i started to notice around here that nearly oh, every yeah. scene the camera is just spinning around the action or like just shaky cam moving through like strobe light and gunshots i am glad nobody pointed that out to me because that would have annoyed yeah, me so no, much i didn't realize <laughs> I did and i'm very happy know. i didn't it's painful oh, the yeah. meeting um, yeah that's right Go with on. the two dirty cops and antoine and it's like in a hot dog shop but he's drinking whiskey yeah, it was a bit dude. confusing like exactly what the setting was yeah. I'll, get you, I'll get your best hot dog and your top shelf whiskey thank you very yeah. much <laughs> yeah and and so so they tell him that lewis is in in hospital and all the stuff about murphy and then they're like yo you can go you can go get lewis if you want like and also kill murphy staying. i guess because yeah like, spoiler alert they don't do anything to lewis and they do try yeah. to kill murphy so that's quite a confusing scene yeah if exactly you look like, at it. because the, the cops drop and give him information on where lewis is and then lewis doesn't even feature into what happens next well, i mean there is a weird thing where he's like you know oh, i'm gonna kill a cop i'm gonna be looking on my shoulder okay. for the rest of the time okay dude this is my next <laughs> mighty goof what you've just hit on right so in this scene valen is like oh, i don't want to kill a cop man uh, yeah i'm gonna be looking at my shoulder the rest of my life 
Earlier in the movie, we saw him willing to kill two cops in the restaurant shootout scene when he was like, kill those two cops over there right now. It's that whole thing, what I was saying. Like, this movie, like, they they just kept forgetting what scenes they'd shot and what had been written the day before. And they're like, I mean, that's just a a character error. Like, the character (laughs) just changed his mind about whether he. To be fair, to be fair, I suppose you could argue he does try to kill a cop anyway. So, like, that, like, hesitancy towards killing police officers is, like, very, very feeble in his character. (laughs) But anyway, Dr. Norton and Sellers, and they're looking through all these Robocop candidates, and they're being just awful about fucking obese and disabled people. And this, to me, is a scene where we're skewering American corporate greed, which is one of our points of remakeability. We also do get, uh, I think, Jay Baruchel, (laughs) who is also in this movie as one of the the henchmen, um... (laughs) That just like points out, like, I think like, their third candidate, who is like a um, like a looks like he's like a Paralympian or something like that, like, like very athletic, very like yeah. just like powerful, and he just refers to him as like this guy is masculinity incarnate, and it's like all right, <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Yeah, dude, that is Jay Baruchel. Yeah, star of uh, uh, what knocked up? This is the end. Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. She's out of my league. And dude, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah, dude, that dude has a He's also in How to Train Your Dragon, I guess. He might be the guy in How to Train Your Dragon. Hiccup Horrendous Havoc, is that the guy? That's a little boy in the one who trains the dragon. Oh man, you know what Dragon trainer. He's the main guy. You know what we've just done? He's the dragon boy. You know what we've just done, Jackson? Is we've just backdoored our way into where are they now? <laughs> so, congratulations. We're doing my new segment. Jay Baruchel is our first where are they now for this episode. So, that's wonderful. Jay Baruchel. Baruchel how to train your dragon boy. All right. Let's move on. So, Mur- Murphy has a nice family at home. And as I've alluded to, we actually get to see them in this movie. Which is yeah. like, surely that makes so much sense. You're talking about a movie where a guy's struggling with losing his humanity and his family are relevant like that was the one thing I was so mad about in the original film now Benjamin you've alluded to the fact that there's a family here of course that he, he has a wife and a son his son David and his wife Clara and of mm-hmm. course his wife Clara is actually played by an Australian actress and this is me reading from the first line of Wikipedia Abby Cornish also known by her rap name MC Dusk <laughs> Is an Australian actress oh. and rapper. Oh, yeah, so dude. good, dude. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. And it's so funny that you've, you've chosen this because I was literally about to do a Where Are They Now and I'm <laughs> Cornish. Sorry for chomping oh. your flavour, dude. She's in Geostorm. Nice. Wait, she's in fucking three billboards, yeah. dude. And seven psychopaths. Wow. She's been in some films of Yeah, late. but what sort of music did she release? That's the important question. And who was she in three billboards? Dude, in 2015, Cornish supported American rapper Nas on his Australian tour. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, fuck, man. I love Nas. Illmatic? Mm. It's a, it's one of the best albums of all time. I want to listen to some MC Dusk, Yeah. Man. Fucking hell. We, of course, can't have a Hollywood flick without some sexy times, so they start doing that, and then he hears his car alarm going off, and the spooky music tells us something bad is going to happen. Oh, it's not just a car alarm. Yeah. The sexy times is stopping for a good reason. Yeah, there's something scary happening, mm. and he walks up to his car, dude, and it's a fucking car bomb! He explodes back onto also, his own it was such a ridiculously aggressive car bomb. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, the spooky music might have been spooky, but it wasn't spooky enough to have yeah, him flung, like, it just looked four so metres goofy. across his yard. Yeah, and, and then, dude, continuing the idea of things looking goofy, Clara comes outside and her reactions are just so poor! She, like, slowly walks over to where he's lying, like, on fire on the lawn, and is like, oh no, and then, like, walks back in the house. And, like, I understand it was, like, green screen, right? Like, what she's done is, like, walked out of a green screen set up to, like, a guy in a green suit on the ground and then turned around and go back in the house. But, like, come on. There's got to be some LVP territory right there. Yeah. I'm giving my LVP to, to, not the actress, not Abby Cornish, MC Dusk, but to Clara for her <laughs> underreaction to what happens to her husband. Big diss on MC Dusk, dude. Keep your eye on SoundCloud. Yeah, she's... man. Fucking, she's gonna... She's gonna <laughs> Get me. Hang on, I'm just going to quickly look up Abby Cornish on Twitter. Abby Cornish Forever is a mm. Twitter that exists. All about sexy, talented Abby Cornish all the time. This is a fan yeah. Twitter for Abby Cornish. But is this almost as good? Yeah, wow. Um, mm. Look, no Robocop info right now. There's lots of pictures of Abby Cornish. And MC Dusk yeah. is not mentioned. But it doesn't look like Abby Cornish has a verified account if she, in fact, exists. Dr. Fenton explains his injuries uh, and his wife decides if they can make him Roboboy because he's like their, their prime candidate now, right? Alex Murphy to be, to be Roboboy. Mm. And they're like, he's lost an arm, he's lost a leg, he's going to be blind in one eye, he's probably going to be deaf, you may as well let us turn him into a robot, miss. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife's like, oh boy, I can't decide if I want a robot husband or not. And then the next thing we see is Alex Murphy at a barbecue with his wife and his good friend Jack Lewis dancing around. Flying to the Moon is playing. It's beautiful. They're yeah. dancing. In other words, yeah, very good. Uh, but then... <laughs> <they're> <laughs> <laughs> we get a, a pretty pretty bad cut from the dream scene into like... Full Robocop. I'm like, yeah. I love this. There was no, oh. no transition time. Yeah. No building of Robocop. No it's literally play, just like... Just straight in. Yeah, straight in with the Robocop. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that cut was really poor, but then, like, the way his world... Like, so they're basically, like, now we're in the lab, and it's, like, fucking Dr. Norton and his assistant being like, uh, wake him up, shut down the simulation of his old brain and then like they like the way that like the world starts like dissolving around him i actually really enjoyed yeah the cut itself was poor but i thought the transition yeah like like as as part of the movie was actually like excellent and I, then this what? begins like the chapter of the movie that i actually enjoyed the most which is the like when he's hey, full robo man yeah, like, like let's look at robocop and look at how fucked up this whole thing is this element here is actually really really cool like like these almost like philosophical questions and that sort of thing one thing i had to wonder is that like are they giving him this dream or have they woken him up and he's just stumbled across this dream because like because they, they are they are talking about like uploading memories yeah. or emotions or something into his mind they're, during that bit aren't they they're but talking they're, about how he is dreaming like one of them's yeah. like he's dreaming he's trying to he's trying to process the situation around because him. this is what his brain's making yeah like, because what we see is this like circling video of yeah. um, Frank Sinatra singing Fly Me to the Moon. Whereas, like, I'm not sure about you guys, but when I dream, like, sometimes there'll be music <laughs> and that sort of thing, but I'm not imagining a, a video the rendition of the soundtrack of, the, yeah. of what's, what's coloring my us, dream. The, I think that was just for the audience, really, <laughs> to be honest. No, no, certainly, but as in what they're doing is showing us, like, what makes up their dream, and then they have this yeah. element which makes yeah, no sense guess, at all yeah. if he was organically dreaming to be like, oh, but he, he was dreaming about dancing with his wife, and also, like, he was kind of dreaming 
about Frank Sinatra circling him in YouTube form. <laughs> yeah, that is true. A little floating Frank Sinatra video. Yeah, that was... I, I did notice that that was a very strange element to have on the screen. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, so yeah, he wakes up and Norton's there and he's like, Hey, uh, you're a robot now. And man, does Norton handle this scene badly. Like, he, like <laughs> just, just this one in particular. Like, I, I really think he does get a lot better at it later. But like, literally, like... There are so many things you should have said and done to like explain what's going on in the city. He's just like, take your step, Alex. Take your first step. And then he's like, you're a robot now and this is your life. He doesn't start with like, hey, something bad happened to you, but you're still alive. But we've had to transplant your brain. He doesn't explain anything about what's going on. He's just like, hey, start walking around, robot. <laughs> and like, he flips out. He's like, what have you done to me? And he like strangles Dr. Norton. And then he like runs away. And this scene was so... So weird. Oh, Throughout strange, all of this as well, eh? just going off how how badly he deals with it while he's flipping out, and he just continues being like, "Please calm down. Yep. You need to stop. Yeah, this is bad. It's like he, he doesn't do anything to really stop him. Yeah. He's just sort of like, I should make him stop. I, I guess he's like he's trying to like get him to stop of his own free will because he's like, oh, like he'll never trust us if we like force shut him down and like ratchet him back onto the thing. So they're like, we gotta like try and convince him to stop. But yeah, he's just like. Alex, come on. Uh, come on, Alex. Uh, Alex, stop it. <laughs> Alex is like running away. Oh, man. He's running to this strange factory. Like, yeah. Go, goes past all these like, faceless workers yeah. wearing like all pink on this huge assembly line for oh. apparently no reason. The man. Robocop suit looks so good. I'm yeah, so does. into it. It does look very good. I, I was going to say, in terms of that whole, like, uh, <laughs> Uh, Gary, uh, Gary Oldman just doing his like doing his best here. Like, heaven help you if you're playing a drinking game where you drink every time Gary Oldman says Alex in this movie. Because good yeah. God, you would consume some liquor. It's got to be eighty percent of his dialogue. So oh, a couple God. of important things happen here. First of all, I'm thinking like when when Alex wakes up for the first time in Robocop, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad they gave him a face and let him modulate his voice <laughs> because like I don't know if you remember the original movie, he spends like eighty percent of his time as Robocop with the visor on and he's never allowed to have any emotion in his voice and like it just makes for some just off-kilter delivery of a few yeah. things whereas like here they're like oh cool we're actually hey we've got an actor let's let him act by like, giving him his face and letting him deliver lines and I was like ready for this to be really good the other thing is while he's running through the factory he grabs a dude yells in his face oh, where am I doesn't wait for an answer and just throws the guy away <laughs> breaks out of the factory and he's running through a rice paddy and at this point I'm just like what the fuck why is he in a rice paddy well cause because Benjamin, because they're in underscore China. Did you notice that? Yeah, that like of that like it kept being like we're in Detroit and that sort of thing. But every time we were in China, it was underscore China. And I wasn't sure uh, if that was a choice or just like a mistake they made once and then never fixed. I do, because it also happens later when they were like um at like something headquarters underscore Detroit. I saw that as well. Right, and I thought yeah. that it was just like a fucking I thought it was just like a diehard 4.0 engage with uh, the cyber yeah, era yeah, type yeah, deal. You, you know, know, you gotta have underscores instead of like space. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because that's how files names happen. So they are, of course, in underscore China, and eventually, yeah, Gary Oldman decides that nothing can be done here, and so they just shut him down remotely. Mm. And this next scene, man, is actually very cool and very fucked up. They've got, like, Alex in the full robo suit, like, back in the, like, frame, the harness that holds him up, and then, like, they start disassembling him alive so he can see that he's just a head connected to a set of lungs with one hand and everything else is mechanical. Benjamin, this is 
absolutely horrifying TM. Like, it was yeah, just... Yeah, it, it is. So rough. Because literally, like, Alex is there still being, like, like, just still being whiny and that sort of thing. And then, like, uh, Norton just kind of like, well, show him. And it's just, like, watching as this guy's like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God, no, no, yeah. no. And, like, Norton has some problems, man, because he, like, he he has so little empathy for Murphy in oh. situations like this until until later. But like he just yeah, it's so strange. But like yeah, this is the, the part of the movie that I'm enjoying where I'm like oh they're actually talking about this issue of like how fucked up it is and how it was against his own will and blah blah blah. And like but Norton's trying to calm him down. He's like look Alex, like your brain's still here, like you're still you. It's just your body that we've changed. Like everything's cool. Like you're still alive. You're still in control. And Alex is like fine, then kill me. Like I don't want to be this yeah the euthanasia thing dead. is. Yeah, like it just in so hard. One thing as well here is that like they're sort of talking to him and they're like, it was all we could do, Alex, was to turn you into this Robocop to save your life. Yep. And I was kind of like, well, that's not true. And also like, what's the deal with his face? Why did his yeah. face <laughs> and one hand be totally cool when we saw yeah. him, when we saw footage earlier of him being blind in one eye and like horrendously scarred? And like, this is all yeah. we could do when they clearly have the technology to do more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they've clearly like, repaired his face and shit. You gotta wonder, like, why they can't just like give him like a cyborg human-looking body? Yeah. Like, why does he yeah. have this huge <laughs> robot body, bulky metal suit, which is just <laughs> just not human? In the slightest. Yeah. I guess like Terminator IP, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) James Cameron's very litigious. Yeah, of course. But this is actually cool. Like, they convince him to to live, basically. Like, Norton's like, look, like, yeah, man, like, okay, let's put aside the fact that I'm a doctor and I can't euthanize you, but if I could, like, what about your family? Your wife, your kid? Like, they're already expecting you to be alive. He's like, okay, fine, let me be alive for my kid. Fine, whatever. Also, he's some really fucked up, like, emotional manipulation. Oh, yeah. Big time. That's big time. But, like, he basically agree- he agrees to live, and he's like, I want to talk to my wife. And proceeds to have oh. the weirdest, most stunted conversation it with just, his wife. It started out with him looking into what we eventually find out as, like, a webcam or something. Yeah. But you're not quite aware of this, and he's like, zoom in, and it just zooms in on his yeah, face. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, to the DP. zoom in further, and it just keeps zooming in. And I was like, what is happening? Like, he just... He's now directing yeah, the, the movie he's yeah. in. Like, this has gotten ridiculously meta, ridiculously fast. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Um, but no, it's just him zooming in a webcam so yeah. he can have this conversation with his wife, which he adds literally nothing to at all. Like, yeah, he's literally just there and she's like, it's so good to see your face. And he's just like, yes. <laughs> she's like, well, um, all right, goodbye then. <laughs> and he's like, great. And he hangs up. <laughs> One word monotone responses throughout. And also, his wife doesn't actually do that much better. That's the horrifying irony, is that, like, she's almost more robotic than he is throughout the movie. Also here as well, hey, is like, what is the function... MC Dust, MC Dust right, has right, other things on her mind, alright? <laughs> she's working on rhymes. Um, one thing as well is that, like, what is the functionality of this, like, FaceTime sort of thing, where when you hang up on a call, it zooms directly into your face? Did you notice <laughs> That? Like it hangs up and then it zooms and enlarges your face. Just so you can, I don't know, assess your own mood post-conversation yeah. or something. I guess so. like, that's so funny. Um, okay, so now Rook comes back in his frame and he eats a special goo, which <laughs> is a nice nod to the original film. Uh, They're feeding him this nutrient paste, which was like an awful thing that they did in the last movie. They're like and... cleansing his blood and like giving him dialysis and shit. Like it's really full 
full on. Yeah, it's very Scientology purification rundown. Mm, very, mm. like, operating feet in level one kind of thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and so... You going clear, Benjamin? Yeah, I am. No, that was just my obscure reference for the episode. I have to have yeah, one. Yeah, it's in my contract. Um, <clears throat> so we go meet the armorer, Maddox, uh-huh. who is fucking Rorschach! Jackie 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 O'Haley! O'Haley. The panoply of stars continues in this film. And fucking, man, like, also second still interested appearance for Jackie L. Haley. I know! But LVP for this scene, and just being a massive tool. Just a complete abominable tool. (laughs) (laughs) To Murphy the entire time. He's just like, hey, uh, you're not a man, you're a robot, and also fuck you, and my robots are better than you, so go fuck yourself, and also Mm. let me explain to you a little bit how your robot shit works. If anything points a gun at you, the visor comes down and you go into attack mode, otherwise it'll stay up. Alright, goodbye. (laughs) He does say here, like, he's, he's just kind of like, listen, you better start learning Chinese, because you'll never go home. And it's like, okay, but also, like, do you mean Mandarin? Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, so. Didn't really make any sense at all. Yeah, it's a weird um, thing to say, but he said it anyway. And now it's in the movie, and we have to... We, we have and to they, they couldn't cut it. They were like, we can't do it. We can't do anything with this. Well, that was in Jackie O'Hanley's contract. Just, he has to say one perplexing thing that yeah. they aren't allowed to. Man, cut that actually re- that really explains the Watchmen. Actually, like they were like, yeah. "Please, Jackie, please," and he's like, "No, no, 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 I've got to say this." It's in his writer. Yeah, he really could have abused it more. Um, so we, we learn an important thing, which factors into a mighty goof, which is that RoboCop's armor will be able to withstand anything up to fifty caliber ammunition. Mm-hmm. Now, the mighty goof reads as follows. Maddox speaks of how Murphy's armor will be able to withstand anything up to 50 caliber ammunition. This is a gross simplification, since impact velocity, mass, jacketing, and other factors apart from caliber will also greatly affect the effectiveness of the bullet. Thanks, IMDb user. It's almost as if this is some fucking information and a plot device for the audience, rather than a fucking analysis of projectile (laughs) physics. Uh, oh, fucking man. people on IMDb make me so mad dude, about the shit that they just say. Dude, we, we wouldn't well, have a show actually, without them, Benjamin. We wouldn't have a show without them. Ugh. Come on. We gotta play nice. They're the biggest fucking Neil deGrasse Tysons, man. They're just like, oh, let me fucking stop everyone having fun and explain this fucking... If you guys think about some really in-depth physics about this situation, about you realise it's wrong. About bullets penetrating yeah. armour. It's, it's a massive simplification of the reality of projectiles. <laughs> okay. Murphy's in some simulations, I guess. They're testing him out against one of the EM-208s. Yeah, it's very Counter-Strike. Yeah, oh, man. It's... it's it, oh, is. it even has, like, the rollout from, like, behind the walls shoot and then roll back behind <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> yeah it's it's got some cover to cover fighting shit yeah so I guess like the EM-208s we haven't actually really mentioned um, cause we, we talked about the ED-209s and how they're like the big two foot walking drones from the original movie EM-208s are just like humanoid robots they're basically just like Robocop but without a person in there and it's actually kind of interesting in this movie it's one of the things that they have to play with where like and this is what basically comes out of the simulation is like Murphy's worse than this robot like this this cold calculating EM-208 handles the simulations like a lot better than Murphy actually does and it's like it's interesting because in the original movie the whole point was that like they made the ED-209 and it was bad it didn't really work so they were like oh what if we made a person into a robot and that was better whereas here it's like they've already got better technology and the whole thing is about like getting the government to let them use it yeah which is why it's all right wing propaganda (laughs) (laughs) so yeah they're watching like the replay tapes of Murphy moving through the simulation and 
Maddox says, I wouldn't buy that for a dollar, which is a nice nod to something from the original movie yeah. that we didn't even mention in the episode. <laughs> which is, like, this recurring, like, in the original film, like, there's this, like, TV show, this really, like, cheesy sitcom that's always on in the background of, like, scenes where the, the main character's catchphrase is, I'll buy that for a dollar. And, like, there's a lot of weird nods like that in this movie. Yeah. This is one of them. It mm. adds nothing. So, after this, Murphy sits down and he, like, pulls up some press on his visor and he's reading about his own murder and about how, interestingly, this is, like... This is one of the things that happens in this movie, much like in the original, where, like, we just, like, forget about the plot for a little while. But, like, yeah. the plot of the movie is talked about a little bit here, which is that Valen, who is obviously responsible for Murphy's situation, is no longer being investigated due to lack of evidence. It's not even really a mystery that he died. That's, like, like the, cr- the crazy thing. I-, I guess, like, the earlier film really sat in how horrifying it was to be a cop and how stuck you were whereas this film kind of portrays it as like oh it's pretty much modern day things are a bit rough and that sort of thing yeah a lot of the dystopia is missing like the first one was like cyberpunk and it was like oh and the police is so overwhelmed and they're so corrupt and like blah 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 whereas this yeah it's pretty much just like you've got the cyber angle but the punk angle is not really Mm, they've got like weird little ipads which are actually just like slates of glass but aside from that just like average uh, yeah like like american city with with a bit of crime and robots Yeah, it wasn't the robots, but, you know, they're, yeah, whatever, robots. (laughs) Sellers and Norton are comparing robots to Keaton, and they're sitting there, and Keaton Mm, is completely missing the point. Keaton, sorry, when I say Keaton, I, of course, mean Sellers. Uh, He's completely missing the point. He's, like, they're looking at, like, the two, like, tapes in the simulations and noting that, like, fucking the robot did, like, 99% effectiveness, whereas Murphy only did, like, 24. And Sellers is just like, just make him be like the robot! And it's like, literally... This whole conversation is so dumb. Like, it just makes no sense. The whole point of this Robocop endeavor was to have a person in there. Like, it was your idea, Sellers. Like, he was the one who was like, we gotta stick a person in there so we can have them be sort of human and use them on the street. Like, and then he's like, ah, why is there a person? He's fucking everything up. Just make him exactly like the robot. It's like, man... Fucking okay. So, Norton agrees. He goes and does some brain surgery. He says that consciousness is nothing more than processing of information. Not sure that's true. Yeah, but okay. As he's doing this, he just, he just pulls out one chip from yep. his brain, which yep. somehow apparently like wipes all humanity from him. What he's actually doing in this scene seems like kind of shitty, but not that shitty compared to what they actually do yes. later. Yes. Before we go too far, is that like as uh, Norton is digging away, sort of thing, he throws out a little question to uh, to, to his partner uh, about his peanut, yeah, his assistant about peanut butter and that sort of oh, thing, and she just replies, <laughs> about her on it. "Yeah, what are your thoughts on peanut butter?" And she's like, "I love peanut butter," and it is the most <laughs> seductive and sexual thing that happens this entire movie. Is his assistant being like? I fucking love peanut butter dude so now we're back with Sellers and we've had the brain surgery and the ruminations about consciousness oh fuck we missed over talking about machine consciousness was a point of remakeability and oh, yeah, you know we can't we can't ignore that that's something that no. they, they totally did hit on in this previous scene albeit in a pretty poor manner I mean like yes. this is literally like not sure if you yeah uh, listener know this like the origin of consciousness is one of the greatest mysteries facing the world of science today. But apparently Gary Oldman's got it figured out. Consciousness is nothing it's... more than processing information. So now Robocop is black because focus groups said that that would be cool. Uh, we're not going to dwell on that. I, I really, like, I question the point of this. Because, like, yeah. we already saw Robocop. He's wearing this traditional, like, silver Robocop suit. 
Now he's wearing an all-black, like, metal suit. Like, he looks sleek and cool. Like, I get that that's what you're doing for the remake. Just have him be doing that the whole time. Like, yeah. why do this whole thing where it's like, and now we decide we're going to make him black? You could just dispense with that bit. But okay, just, fine. Just make him black at the start. Like, that, that would be way better. So now it's time for Murphy to, to, to face off against, like, 50 fucking EM-208s and also Rorschach, where they're doing, like, a test thing to, like, see if he's, he's ready to go, right? Because he failed the last test, I guess, and then... Well, he failed, but he didn't do as well as the robots and shit. So now, rather than you know, adhering to the scientific method and repeating the same test that he already did to see if the thing that you changed to change things in the way that you wanted it to, they decide, like, no, fuck that. Let's do a different thing. And actually, it's live. And it's live fire. It's not a simulation. <laughs> so they put, like, 50 robots in a warehouse and also Jackie O'Haley with a big gun. And Jackie O'Haley's like, these robots, they've got 47 caliber bullets. So but they won't me. pierce your armor. Like, doesn't doesn't oh. he go on to say, yeah. but mine will? Yeah. And be is, like... Yeah, what is the point why of that? Why would you why would you do that? Also, this is so far from fair. Like, surely, like, they're trying to figure out if Murphy's now better than one of these robots. Have him fight one of these robots. You can't have him fight 50 of them and also a dude. Like, that is so far from a fair test. <laughs> these are the bits where it just seemed to, like, dip in and out of ultraviolence. Like, yeah. the whole movie would be just going along very, like... Quietly and swimmingly, and then they just have these ridiculous scenes that came yeah. out of nowhere with huge amounts of violence, and yeah. uh, I enjoy them all. <laughs> <laughs> Murphy is just fucking good at this, and it's just like rolling around, like capping all of these robots. And as that's happening, we get this sort of like little commentary panel happening with like Sellers and Norton. Yeah, it really is like a commentary panel. Yeah, that like he's like, how's he gotten so good? And it's like, well. We've given him the illusion of free will where essentially as yep. soon as he starts fighting, the machinery and software takes over, but yep. Murphy thinks he's doing it. And I was just kind of like, does that mean Alex thinks that he's gotten super good at killing people? Like he's in there being <laughs> yeah, like, fuck yeah, look at me go. And in actual fact, he's just like watching yeah. the movie like us. Exactly. It's like they would have told him like, oh, we're going to tinker with your hardware a little bit to make you faster or whatever. And he's like, yeah, cool. The next time he does a fight, he's like, I'm so good at this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they so like easy. they play it for him and like make him think he's doing it, but only when he's in combat mode. That's the important thing. Mm-hmm. That like when the when the visor is up and he's Alex, like he's still Alex. As soon as the threat comes in, the visor comes down and the software takes over, and he just thinks he's Alex. And Sellers has such a tenuous grasp on what is and isn't legal because the the chick is like, "Hang on, but you oh. you just made a robot that thinks it's a person. Like that's not legal." And Sellers goes, "No, no we've made a robot that thinks it's Alex Murphy." And in my how book, is that's, that's legal. legal. Oh, how is that better? How does that make Which- any sense? Yeah. But cool things that happen in this scene. Uh, Robocop has aimbot, which I really enjoy. Like he yeah. just like moves around, just like fucking eight directional blasts. Also, a mighty goof. This is kind of fun. It's a literal typo on the screen. When Alex is fighting Rick in the EM two zero eight in the text ra- test range, he activates combat mode. His visor displays tactile mode at the top of the screen rather than tactical mode. <laughs> so someone literally typed the wrong word in. Tactile mode would just mean like he can touch yeah, he's, stuff. He's just like, like he's just rubbing everything. Oh. Going up to the robots and like feeling them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So anyway, Murphy wins the challenge and he tases Rorschach. Pretty silly. And now Robocop go home to see family. Yeah, he's, he's finally ready. To, he, he's killed 50 robots, and now he's rewarded with seeing his human flesh family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, man, this is where I'm thinking we're going to get 
some human robo romance, which was one of our points of remakeability and something that they didn't actually deliver on in the original film. They True. just kind of threatened to. But uh, <laughs> Dr. Wife, he has a tender moment with his kid. And at this point, I'd like to play Where Are They Now? with the child here. Because that's Ooh. a little child actor and I want to know where he's at. Man, that's pretty unfair. It's been four years, Benjamin. <laughs> Yeah, but like four years is like a lot more in the life of a child. He could have hit almost adulthood. Comparatively, yeah. He's been in Shelby. He's been in Against the Wild 2, Survive the Serengeti. And he's been in Murdoch Mysteries. And you know what? He was in a lot before that as well. Just to. He was in a lot of movies before it. He was in, he was in Degrassi, dude. <laughs> oh, he was in yeah, Degrassi, dude. the next generation. So don't don't knock Robo Robo, Robo Boy. Boy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's not a Robo. Robo whatever. Oh my god. He gets the Robo the Boy sequel, title. Son of Robocop. Yeah. Where was it? Where is it, Hollywood? I need Son of Robocop. <laughs> One thing I really loved here is that like earlier we see like uh, Alex with his son and they're like watching like the Red Wings play. Yes, yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> then here we get this kid being like, I saved all the Red Wings games to watch with you, and he's like, Oh, thanks, kid. How'd they do? And he's like. I don't know, I haven't watched them, I've been waiting for you. And, like, I'm not sure what it is about, like, emotions and sport combined, but that really got to me. I was like, fuck yeah, yeah kid. Like, that was actually, yeah. like, the first time I emotionally felt anything in this film. Like, bravo. Yeah, he's I'm, a very sweet boy. I would like mm. to point out yeah. that, however, was followed up with the line when he's like, oh, sorry, you know, I gotta go to sleep. Because the daddy suit needs some special handling. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's he's, so en- he's entering tactile mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, you're like, forgive me if I'm wrong. He doesn't have a dick. Like, well, I mean, Benjamin, have- when he needs to fight, the weapons appear at his hips. And so, uh, <laughs> logic would dictate that when he needs to fight. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay, yeah. So he has to have some special handling, which is just such a fucked up thing to say to your kid. Like, why wouldn't he just be like, "Oh, cool, let's watch him tomorrow, son." Like, why does he have to be like, "I'm gonna go fuck your mom with my robot dick"? That's such a horrible thing to say to a child. Okay, so at this point, we're like halfway into the movie, and Robocop goes to meet Lewis, and he's like, "All right, Lewis, we're taking down Valen." And Lewis is like, "I was waiting to hear you say that." And, like, that's a pretty cool line for Omar slash Lewis to say. They get very growly here. It's all very Batman. And then... It's very masculine. As Murphy goes to leave the conversation, Lewis is like, at least you're the right colour now. And... (laughs) It's just... It it left a really strange... It's a really strange reaction. I missed that line. Yeah, yeah, dude. So he's like, hell yeah, Robocop. Now you're black. He has a white face. Yeah, I know. It's like, okay, it would have been awesome if they just made him all black, like, all black everything. Like, black actor, black suit. And, like, the movie's like, hey, it's Robocop, but he's black now. Like, that would have been sick. But instead, they're like, it's a white guy playing black Robocop. (laughs) Oh, God. So strange. And now, Benjamin... (laughs) <laughs> with with all those uh, <laughs> that good context to lead the way, um, I actually wouldn't yep. mind getting into some taglines right about now. Oh, Jackson, I've been waiting. One real, two from other movies. Okay, two from other movies. This all is the right. classic and my favorite. All right, let's do it. And I think you're going to find a bit of a theme as we move forward. <laughs> 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 okay, number one. We've got the future under control. Okay. A little weird if yeah, that is the tagline. Um... <laughs> number two. Face your future, fight your past. 
That's quite good, actually. Go on. Number three, the future begins. So now, Benjamin, did you, oh. did you think what the theme was? Yeah, I did actually, Jackson. It was that these are indistinguishable, you fuck. <laughs> this game isn't fun if you pick indistinguishable taglines. Look up no, future taglines and find think one that it. happened to pertain to Robocop, because yeah. this yeah. seems very unfair. Jesus. Okay, another thing you need to know about this, Matt, is that I am so bad at this game. <laughs> I always overthink it, but I've been on a bit of a hot streak recently. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. So we got to think about this, dude. we got to puzzle this out. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll read through them again. Okay, like one more time. Just read them out. Yeah, that'd be nice. We've got the future under control. Face your future, fight your past, and the future begins. They are similar, but I think they actually do have, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm definitely on B right now. I'm thinking that number two makes by far the most sense. Let's try and think about the other ones. Like, we've got the future under control. Like, that to me seems like it could be a movie about, like, time travel or something. Yeah, or just Robocop, like, just destroying everything and basically saving the day in, you know, classic action... (laughs) So you think that could be Robocop? Well, no, but, like, if Robocop was less about, you know, his internal struggle, which does come up in this movie. Yeah, it's true, it's true. Um, And I think the last one, which was, what, the future is now? Well, that's just shit. That could be so Like That's just fucking terrible. Okay, the thing you've got to also realise, Matt, is that the thing I've learned in the the course of doing a bunch of these games is that the taglines that Hollywood generates for these movies are uniformly terrible. And it is is pretty much always the one that makes about the least sense. That being said, I'm feeling good about number two. Are you still feeling good about number two? Yeah, because also number two is a bit confusing, but I feel like it it pertains the most. It's still so tenuous. It's tenuous enough as a connection to the film that I would believe that it was a Hollywood tagline. Fight your past. Yeah, fight (laughs) your past. That could also be so many things. All right, Jackson, lay it on us. Is it number two? It's in fact number one. We've got the future under control. (laughs) Why? (laughs) No! so little sense I know, why I know. is it that but Benjamin <laughs> let me tell you I actually thought I was doing a favour with this one because the other two taglines for this movie aren't much better before I get into that um, the okay. face your future fight your past is from Looper and oh the, nice okay. Okay. which is like pretty straightforward and the future begins is from days of future past I'll be honest with oh, that nice. last one there I was just kind of like movies about future taglines because I really wanted to get that <laughs> yeah. theme coming through um, but the other two <laughs> taglines... Okay, I'm, I'm just going to read out all three of Robocop okay. 2014. The first one, as we know, uh-huh. we've got the future under control. The second one, your move. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? Two not words. A- all are needed. That's your two move. words, yeah. That's not a thing. That doesn't... <laughs> and then the third and final... Crime has a new enemy, which could be fucking anything. Like, all like three of them movie. are so devoid any of any, anything helpful. I am happiest with your move. Oh, um, my God. The, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. I mean, like, the last one might have been a little easier, but, like, the middle one is like, yeah, come what on. the fuck? <laughs> Although, it does open okay. up the possibilities of, like, a Robocop, like, dance style sort of... Like, you, you know in Toy Story 3, where they hit, like, the Latin switch on Buzz Lightyear, and he does, like, all those, like, big extended dance sequences? Like, imagine that in this one, if they, like, they hit the wrong switch, and Robocop's just there, like, salsa dancing throughout the streets of Detroit. Yeah, yeah. S- stomp the yard for Robocop. <laughs> 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 Dude, stomp the yard for Detroit, and you're like, oh shit, yeah. it's gonna be heavy. It's like, oh, no, it's just it's gonna be all like, really cool. Lots of Detroit yeah, like, club music, like hip hop, techno, all yeah. that. No. 
Yeah. It's just Robocop. It's just Robocop <laughs> dancing around the streets and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis hell. is played by Danny Brown. It'd be so good, dude. Like, like the, And like Robocop's played by Donald Glover. Yeah, dude. Now it's like Murphy's big release day to the public. And right before he goes out, right before they release him, they're literally like, okay, so day, we're going to unleash Robocop in the city. And there's going to be a big fanfare. He's going to be introduced to the town. Five minutes before he goes out, Norton's like, we're going to upload the entire DPP database into your brain. I sure hope nothing goes wrong. And then they're like, so that's going to have like CCTV cameras from all over the city, banks of CCTV footage from all over the city, like all the crime records, like all the data that they have in the fucking database that they have. They upload it into his brain and like he starts wigging out of course because fucking there's so much crime Alex can't handle it Robocop has a big boner to stop crimes I believe one when he's like I have to do something he's gonna shoot but then like he, so he's just like you know caught thinking about crimes but then all of a sudden his system is crashing as he relives his own death over and over yeah. and over yeah. again because he finds the footage from himself blowing up and just plays it on a loop it's yeah it's like actually horrifying that whole thing of like just like being confronted with your own goofy looking explosive murder again and again and then also seeing your wife who you thought loved you come outside and barely react like that must be hard that must be the yeah. hardest thing to watch yeah. <laughs> yeah her acting does not get better in this scene um so he has a big seizure and this like thing that happened in the last movie this this tradition of Robocop looking really weird while he's flailing around is definitely back (laughs) his facial expressions are so bad and they decide that the best thing to do is to take away his emotions by bumping down his fucking what are they serotonin levels dopamine dopamine levels levels, down down to 2% I don't know exactly what this does but apparently no emotion they bump his dopamine down to 2% and he can't feel emotion I'm so fucking confused about this because like wasn't the whole point Having, like, a human with human emotions and human feelings yeah. with the powers of this robot police. They send him out there with his 2% dopamine, and he is a complete robot, as you would expect. He ignores his wife, he ignores his kid, he goes out to his big fanfare, and the public's like, Woo, Robocop! And he just, like, scans them all, realizes oh, one of them is a criminal, <laughs> and yeah. fucking jumps down and ices him. And then they're like... Man, that didn't go very well. He's such a fucking robot. It's like, what the fuck did you expect? <laughs> like, you took away all his fucking emotions. Ugh. LV Peter Norton for me here, because, like, he fucked that up so badly. Like, he, he didn't, like, he had a seizure, and instead of being like, oh, something's gone wrong, we can't roll him out right now, they were just like, take away his emotions and let him lose on the city. Like, yeah. completely missing what the point. What will happen? Com- also, a fun thing I'd like to point out, during the scene, it's that they cut every now and then to, like, the news things, and they have that news banner running down the bottom. And the only one that I actually picked up was Greenpeace attacked by WikiLeaks hackers. <laughs> <laughs> Just loved it. was like a little throwaway like news so line to add into it. Oh, oh my god. Like, we're in the future. Damn. Like, Put it as a title Greenpeace. picture. That's so good. Yeah, Greenpeace attacked by WikiLeaks hackers. Yeah. has to be a title pitch. That is so fucking good. Alright, so now it's Pat Novak again on the Novak element, is it called? I don't know. And he <laughs> is basically summarizing what we just saw. He's like, man, Robocop, and he calls him Robocop for the first time. He's like, Robocop came in and he found this criminal in the crowd that the police have let get away for six years and he caught him immediately. Isn't Robocop great? Ah, America, embrace Robo Boy. He's our friend. He and... definitely, on the last time he says it, says Robot Cop. And I was like... Does he? Yeah, I swear to God he does. Like, no. or, or maybe he just, maybe he's like clipped a T in there or something like that. But I swear... Hey, I'm going to pull this up. 
Oh no, yeah, he yes. says a robot cop, you're right. Yeah. At the What's end of the about? scene, he says, no cop is here, and then he says, Alex Murphy, a robot cop. Like, what a weird thing to say. You can't just jump between the yeah. two. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, just pick one. Like, what the fuck? That's not I think fair. the full, like, the full quote, and this is like out of context, but it was like, Alex Murphy, a robot cop was... And like he's, yeah, talking, exactly he's talking about something else earlier, but just like that, as, as yeah, like yeah. taken under context, is very funny to me. That is so strange, and also that is the only time in the whole movie that they call him RoboCop. Yeah, um, or RoboCop. So, ne- yeah. <laughs> so now we're in a board meeting, and uh, OmniCorp decide that the best thing to do is to keep RoboCop away from his family. Okay, great. Yep. <laughs> and RoboCop is all business, and he walks straight into his old precinct, and he's like, "Hello, I'm going to kill some criminals now." And then he just walks straight out. Like he takes over the meeting. He's like, "I'm going to kill 13 criminals today." And then he just fucks off. And Lewis comes out and is like, "Dude, come on! Like we got to go back to the meeting." And he's like, "Excuse me, I have crimes to do, or rather, to stop." <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a bold turn. Yeah, oh, dude, Robo Thief? Robo Criminal? Oh, dude. Man, that's gotta be the sequel. The sequel is like some criminal gets a Robocop. It's Terminator 2. And but the other way Robocop. around, and it's real yeah. fucked up. Dude, Human Cop. That's what they call it. <laughs> like, all the Robocop, there's only Robocops, and they all go evil. And so it's up to one Human Cop to take down dude, these evil, corrupt Robocops. And it's Lewis. Yeah! It's Lewis. And his sidekick Donald Glover, and also, and also Murphy's son, who's like seventeen years old yeah, now, son of, like, Robocop. Yeah. son of Robocop, son of Robocop. That's it, Robo Boy. The remake finally comes back. Yeah, Human Cop Two, uh, son of Robocop. Comma, <laughs> stop the yard for <laughs> Call Detroit. <him> Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, stupid. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so we get a real Batman thing here, man. Like a real Dark Knight thing mm. where he gets on his bike and he starts using like the network of cameras in the city to find one of the criminals that he arbitrarily chose. Yeah. He finds this criminal pretty quickly. <clears throat> he rides over to him and he scans him and it says, non-threat, totally stoned. And I'm just like, <laughs> come on, that's so silly. So like, easy. That's not this movie's vibe. Like, the, the, come on, like, totally stoned. That's yeah. not a thing. It's something you might have missed if you weren't paying a lot of attention, but it also was, like, fairly obvious. And it like... was so out of place and so out of tone. So he gets this kid who's totally stoned to tell him where the guy he's actually interested in is, this guy called Biggs, who runs a drug lab, and Robocop goes straight there, and he just fucking rides his motorcycle oh. right into the drug lab. And yeah. him riding his motorcycle through indoor areas yep. is a thing that continues <laughs> throughout, which I think is wonderful because he just goes in so hard using his like robot aim thing on his motorbike. It's so silly though. He's like riding around this warehouse, just shooting dudes it's off like, the back of his motorbike, literally going down hallways and like yeah. through doors on the motorbike, still, which is just so unnecessary in real life. Like, yeah, it's so silly. Uh, I got one for you here though, because like, he basically like okay, and so this is another recurring theme, which is something I brought up last time, and something that really annoys me about this movie, like. Why do people persist with using small arms fire against Robocop? Like, we know it doesn't hurt him, but so many people are willing to stand there and let Robocop kill them while they try and shoot him with their, like, 9mm handguns. It's fucking so silly. So, for me, potentially controversial MVP nom here to Biggs, the guy who runs the drug lab, because he realises, oh... 
If I just shoot him, like all my dickhead friends, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna go get a fucking grenade. Maybe that'll do something. And, like, <laughs> he gets a grenade. And, like, he gets iced by Robocop. But at least he tried. Like, at least he yeah. tried to do something else. We get Maddox and Sellers talking, basically, like, being concerned about, like, the liability that Robocop could become. Because, like, like, it's not working out how they thought he was and that sort of thing. And there's all these concerns. And so, basically, Maddox is um, going to be, like, keeping an eye on Robocop and is given full access um, to like all the files he has access to and then also um, the ability to shut down Robocop as per his whim. We then roll from that back into the Novak element. So fucking Novak is back on his TV show and Samuel L. Jackson is just so good in this role. Like this fucking thing has become so relevant in the current political landscape. <laughs> this fucking like Fox News like not giving like fair coverage to shit. He gets um what sellers on and they get like a hologram version of Senator Dreyfus and they like debate but like but Novak gives no time to the senator. Like, he just lets, like, Sellers make an argument, and then, like, the senator starts arguing against him and just shuts him down. And he's just like, nope, goodbye. He, and then he fucking Jackson- barrels the camera, and he's just like, yeah. and this is a title pitch for me, has the US Senate become pro-crime? And admittedly... I've got the exact same yes, title pitch. Yeah. yeah. Admittedly, it's, like, ulterior motive. Like, I, could, I just kind of want it for, like, the SEO sort of thing, because, like, that way, like, anyone, if anyone Googles, has the US Senate become pro-crime? Has the US Senate become pro-crime? <laughs> No, you're right, you're right, right. We should actually call our podcast um This This is America. Uh r- yeah, This is America <laughs> plays live at Royal Wedding. Actually, do you think This Is America the video clip was actually based on Robocop twenty fourteen? Discuss. You know? Yeah. Maybe that's the title <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> some- <laughs> I'd say there's ultra violence in uh This Is America. Yeah. And possibly this Robocop remake. That's um, true. And I feel warehouses. like Donald Glover really read the tagline, your move, and then ran with it in terms of like, the construction yeah. of those dance pieces. Dude, he was, no, he's just like, it is my move. This is my time. <laughs> it's time for Gambino to rule all. So, <laughs> so, so, Donald, what inspired you? Robocop 2014. Robocop 2014. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, but, dude, I want to hear, like, This American Life or Embedded or something in the world of Robocop. Like, Kelly McEvers embedded yeah. on both sides of the Dreyfus Act, like, being like, Fucking talking about the the campaign donations. Like, fucking, you know Omnicorp's got to be funding the Novak element, right? Like, it's not addressed oh, in the yeah, show, but, like, you, you know you know if Kelly McEvers went deep, she'd find out. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Kelly McEvers. You can come on the show anytime. Everybody tweet at Kelly McEvers. <laughs> we, we then roll from this scene into, I think we, we get uh, Valen here who is, like, kind of, like, strolling around being very afraid of Robocop, but then simultaneously in the same scene being like, I'm ready for Robocop. And then that's the whole scene. It's, like, literally Valen being like, oh, God, is he coming? Well, I don't care, because I'm ready for him. And then that's it, and we move on. Yeah, wow. So, fucking Robocop's wife isn't allowed to see him, uh, but she finds him anyway, and she's like, hey, where the fuck you been at? And, like, he, she's like, our son's very distressed. And the way that Murphy responds to this, something about the way he moves, I just find so funny. Like, she's confronting him in the street, like, hey, Alex, what the fuck? Like, why aren't you talking to our son? Like, what the fuck? Like, why haven't you spoken to us in weeks? And he just, like, puts his visor down and just, like, puts his head down on the bike and just speeds away from the conversation. Now he's driving around through traffic and he's looking at, like, CCTV images of, like, his son looking all distressed from, like, different places around town. And, uh, uh, Dr. Norton's assistant in the lab is telling him, like, he's accessing images of his family. Like, fucking, 
why is he doing what's he doing that for and Norton's <laughs> just like hmm no I just want to see what happens <laughs> like he continues to handle this so badly like oh, rather God. than being like hey Alex what's going on he's just like just let him go I'm trying to get fired <laughs> You'd be forgiven for feeling like me. What happened to the plot of this movie with Valen and everything? Like, what, yeah. are we, what is this shit all about? Because uh, Murphy goes back to his old house, and this seemed unnecessary to me. Like, he's already got the CCTV footage of his own death, right? Like, he's already seen it, like, over and over again, like, a thousand times. He goes back to his house. He, like, scans the area, makes, like, a full 3D reconstruction of the room, like, of the space within his fucking own digital brain, and then, like plays, like, a full 3D, like, immersive VR experience version of his own death. But this time, like, he's standing there looking at it in first person. And, like, his wife's acting, but Clara, like, does not deal with this any better in this, like, 3D rendition (laughs) that he sees. And his son is just standing in the window, staring vacantly out on the street. Like, it's so creepy. And, like, literally something happens after the scene where Robocop is like, oh, right, the plot! And he's like, all right, I gotta find Valen. And he starts looking for Valen's known associates, and he very quickly tracks down Marcus Prince, who is Valen's driver. Gotta say, Marcus Prince, Antoine Valen, a lot of strong names in this movie. A lot of strong choices linguistically. Yeah, like, so, yeah, like, he, he tracks some guy down, and some guy gives him the name of, like, yeah, Marcus Prince, and then he has his phone number, and then, like, we don't actually know what he did with his phone number, but then, like, we're, we're back with, like, Valen, and, like, I guess we're meant to intuit Marcus Prince and some other random crony sitting in their lair, and, like, Robocop's on his way. Like, he's barreling straight for them. Like, he is on the way there. And, uh, Valen is like, oh, some idiot must have used an unencrypted phone. And, like, we then see who we're meant to assume is Marcus Prince look down at his phone like, oh, shit, and, like, turn it off. <laughs> it's like, it's not explained what happened there. Like, did Robocop jack into his phone? Like, I don't know. It's, it's not clear. But Valen's now addressing his troops, and he's like, hey, oh, this is so fucking stupid. He's like, hey, use larger than 50 caliber ammo because nothing else will work against him. Two things. One, Valen sure seems to know a lot about Robocop. Could this be a conspiracy? Two, none of them take that advice! Oh, yeah, Robocop actually gets shot so many times and it does nothing to him. Because none of them are using 50 cal ammo! Despite the fact that Valen was like, hey, nothing else will work! They're all like, cool, let's just shoot him with our regular guns, I guess. (laughs) To make it really hard for him, let's shut off the lights and go into night vision. And it's like, okay, but, like, he's a robot. Would he not have any night vision? And then, like, we, we just then get this, like, strobe-heavy, like, dark and, like, just, like, shaky cam oh, to the extreme. All the gun flashes. Oh, like, it's, like, vomit-inducing from, was... like, nausea. Yeah, it was hard to watch. But I gotta say, dude, before Robocop actually bursts in and we get the gunfight... I'm getting those Star Wars vibes again because we've got fucking like Ooh. all these dudes like down the corridor like looking and I'm getting like where are the droidicas <laughs> because like <laughs> you see like bullet holes being shot in the door like right before the door like gets kicked in it's pretty much fucking exactly like you know it's kind of exactly like Phantom Menace dude if I had to pick something that it was exactly it's like, like a perf- yeah it. dude perfect <laughs> it's like one for one with Phantom Menace but anyway <laughs> he rides his motorbike into the building and as we said there's a big silly shootout where no one uses big enough guns to do anything to him and i'm thinking like all right this is the final confrontation like it's very much direct one-to-one following the formula of the original film we've got robocop he struggles with his humanity for a while he figures out what the people who killed him were and he goes on a vendetta to try and get yeah i was like cool a tight 100 like 100 minutes 95 something like that i feel it yep. yeah yeah let, let, let's get this over yeah with. exactly because we are about 90 minutes into this two-hour movie 
He rides his motorbike indoors again. We've already addressed that point. The sound mixing in this scene is so poor because the bullets... This scene is so loud compared to the rest of it. And, like, the fight is so anticlimactic. Like, Robocop rolls through. No one can hit him with anything other than Valen. Valen's the only one with, like, a 50 cal, I guess. But he just sprays Valen down. He's literally just like... And Valen just dies. And he's like... Okay. End scene. End scene. That's it. But no, he, he picks up some of the guns. Like, he picks up the gun Valen had and, like, pulls the fingerprints off it and realizes that those crooked cops who were helping Valen before must have been the ones who supplied Valen with this high power gun because he goes straight to the precinct, gets Lewis, and is like, hey, these cops are crooked. They go right in his office and they're like, oh, what are you doing here, Robocop? And fucking, you're doing the good cop, bad cop thing? And Lewis oh. says, by far the best title oh, pitch. Yes, this no, is beautiful. Bad Cop Robocop. Oh my god. So good. And then they just like have this chat where like Robocop's like, I know it was you guys. And they're like, uh. And then he's like watching them get like violent, imminent, and that sort of thing. And then um, Robocop just like takes out one of them and then like uh, threatens the other and like like essentially like tortures the information out of them. Where like one of them just yells, like, it was Dean the whole time. Dean, of course, being yeah. the uh, the officer running the police station. Now, we can't ignore the fucking CSI enhance, reduce, yeah. expand, oh, enhance uh, nonsense that goes on here. Multiple enhances and, like, angle changes and yeah. reflections. Because like Robocop is trying to give them evidence, like, of how he knows that they're corrupt and they're working with Valor, and he's showing them the CCTV footage from the oh. weird hot dog slash whiskey bar that they went to. <laughs> it's like, he's got, like, an image on, like, the reflection of a car parked in front of the fucking hot dog joint, and, like, we zoom in, enhance, and we can see oh, Valen. No, he's also got audio. Yeah, though. and he's got audio, like perfect I crisp don't audio. Know where, like, is the audio taken from the car window somehow? Yeah, like, like, it's why? Why didn't they just have it that one of the CCTV oh, cameras uh, caught this uh, yeah. like, exchange? Like, they didn't need to have it. Like, and the camera was pointing at the car on the street, so he had to like enhance the image. It's so stupid. But yeah, he realizes it was Dean. Uh, he kills one of the unco- uh, other crooked cops anyway with a cool one-liner, which is another nice nod. He says, "Thanks for your what cooperation." which I think is something he says after he kills someone in yes. the original film. And you've got to ask the question. He goes into Dean's office. This whole time, Robocop has, like, charged into the precinct. He's interrogating cops. He's shot two cops. Dean is just sitting there at her desk, unflinching. Like, she hasn't even noticed this is going on until Robocop marches straight into her office and is like, Dean, you're corrupt. Pulls a gun on her and he's like, confess. Confess in front of the whole world. Because he's, like, live streaming it or something. <laughs> yeah, he's on Facebook Live. The fact that Dean is in charge of it, though, that's a nice, like, you know, point of remakeability, the political intrigue where, like, the yeah. criminals are working with the cop. That's another reference to the original movie. But it falls so flat here. Oh. So he never really popped off again, ever, yeah, for exactly. the rest of the movie. Exactly. It falls so flat because it hasn't been like in this entrenched culture of corruption and how Detroit police is so fucked. Yeah. But anyway, point of remarkability, give it to him. At this point, I'm thinking, how are there still 30 minutes in this movie? Oh. <laughs> Maddox shuts him down remotely before he can like finish confronting Dean. And, yeah, that's what happens here. Yeah, I just found that really dissatisfying, actually. Like, Robocop, like, going ahead sort of thing, and then Maddox, like, being able to shut him down. I would have loved some intervention on, like, behalf of, like, Norton or something like that here, and then wrapping up this movie in ten minutes. Um, Instead of just, like, it feels really flat as he drops to the ground. Pat Novak is like, the Senate has to vote to repeal fucking the Dravis Act. And I'm thinking, Star Wars vibes, man. Samuel L. Jackson talking about Senate votes? We're right there, back in the prequel (laughs) trilogy, baby. (laughs) Stalin's connection very strong we're back in the boardroom and yeah Omnicorp are like oh no what have we done we've made a monster uh, we, we pretty much should just let him die hey let's just kill him 
And then Clara, Robocop's wife, blows up their spot in the media and is like, Omnicorp won't let me see my husband. And they're like, fuck. Yeah, so they've been, like, leaking to the media that, like, oh, Murphy's in critical condition, which is very confusing if you're watching. Because, like, all of a sudden the news report's talking about how he's in critical condition. Like, we haven't seen anything to imply that, and we quickly learn that it is, in fact, a lie. Like, it's just they've, they've shut him down, they've told the media he's in critical condition while they figure out what's going on. But, like, in the meantime, he has managed to, like, overthrow the corruption, because I guess, like... Norton, sorry, Novak says in his speech, he's like, Alex Murphy, you're a hero. You brought down the corruption within the Detroit police force. Great job. And so Dr. Norton and Peter Sellers, sorry, um, Raymond Sellers, <laughs> meet up and discuss <laughs> what they're going to do. And they like strike a deal. Norton's like, we can't just kill him. Like, he's our boy. And, and Sellers is like, I'll give you your own research team, 10 staff, fucking, you can be a god. You can be a god, Norton. Think about everything you can achieve. And he's like, yeah, okay, that sounds, that sounds pretty good. Let's kill Robocop. He does nicely throw in oh and also make sure his family is taken care of yeah, yeah. but then he's also like and give me complete funding and then yeah. just yeah. fucks and off right away money. as soon as he gets the okay on that meanwhile the Dreyfus Act is successfully repealed we see from the Senate so now Omnicorp are happy they're going to be able to unleash their robots they don't even need Robocop anymore the Dreyfus Act was the one keeping robots off but, but everything blows up here because fucking Norton he was just fucking pranking Sellers the whole time it was nothing but a prank and he's on the phone to his assistant Kim who you know loves peanut butter and it's just kind of like Kim yeah. You just got to distract him. Keep him there. Like, I'm coming down. They're going to try and kill Robocop. And so, like, this poor, like, assistant is just there trying to, like, like, distract these armed guards who are like, what the fuck are you doing? As, like, Norton's running around, like, trying to save Robocop. The whole thing is, like, very confusing. This whole scene as they're getting ready to shut down Robocop just makes no sense. The guards are just standing there. She just starts yelling at them through the window. They yeah. come over to her. They're like, ma'am, you got to let us in. Ma'am, you have to let us in. It's like, you weren't... Wonder, like trying to get her to let you in before yeah. and then she started yelling and all of a sudden they're like you and gotta let us in Gary Oldman just somehow sneaks in and manages to like get through some doors before they start shooting at him yep and then is in and it's kind of like well yeah. so, so I guess he, yeah he just lied to Sellers about agreeing to shut down Robocop because yeah he like pulls the chip out of Robocop's head that lets them control him remotely so he can no longer be shut down very very nice plot device that yeah. mm. chip is so easily removed yeah exactly yeah, yeah well, like, surely Robocop <laughs> yeah. would remove that himself or anyone else but yep uh, that's fine don't worry about it it's cool <laughs> Norton is like Sellers wants you dead for political reasons basically you gotta run you gotta run away and these guards these guards are gonna try and kill us and like at this point the guards break into the lab and Murphy just ices them immediately yeah. for me MVP to Norton here I gave him an LVP before but MVP for yeah, fair the enough. way he's he manages to... It's a very sudden flip-flop, but it's it's a nice flip-flop, he like, you know? He, he saves him here. He's like, he's the only one looking out and for... This is, this is also the point where his compassion sort of starts to shine through at yeah. least a little bit. Um, and it seems like he kind of does care about all the weird, like, very unethical shit he's been doing yeah. for most of the movie. Sellers grabs Clara and, uh, what, the son, David, and is like, he's dead. He's totally dead. Uh, sorry about that. He's medically dead, 100%. He's, he's a completely dead man. And then Clara's like, fuck you, we don't want your money. Meanwhile, Robocop is like, Solomon Omnicorp HQ. This is a further recurrence of, like, Omnicorp made Robocop. They know that anything smaller than 50 cal won't do anything to him. So why are they all just shooting him with small guns? Even the fucking ED-209 that he's fighting, like, he crashes his motorbike into the second story oh, of the Omnicorp building. That is so good, though. He, like, fucking, like, ramps up and then, like, rockets yeah. away from his bike as he gets into, like, the second floor. It's so good. And doesn't good. the motorbike hit one of the soldiers as yeah. he, yeah. like, flies off in the other direction, shooting at other 
soldiers. Like, yeah. That was just... It's pretty tight. Yeah. But, like, what, they're all just shooting him with small arms fire again. Like, what the fuck? Why does no one take their own goddamn advice? I guess Lewis is coming to help him. Like, it was never really explained. Yeah, it just sort of happens. happens. Yeah, he just shows up in a fucking Wrangler and is like, yo, Robocop, I'm here to save you. Like, for, for no reason. Murphy gets trapped underneath one of these ED-209. Shoots his fucking arm off as well. He's just kind of like, fuck yeah, it, I'm getting out of here. Shit. Puts, puts his the fucking like, pistol into to his arm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very 127 hours. It's very good. Running down, getting sh- like drilled down by these EM-209s. Lewis just like... Bursts through a wall and crashes yeah. into him in the Man, fucking... it's a powerful car he's driving on. People love driving vehicles into buildings <laughs> yeah. in this yeah. movie. And, and then basically Lewis's whole plan is that like as, as he's telling the, like, the other guys in this uh, SWAT vehicle essentially as, they, as they're heading in he's like whatever you do don't raise your weapons because then you're a threat just keep your weapons down and so Lewis in order to stop these EM-209 just like drilling Robocop apart with it's like bigger than 50 cal bullets just walks in front of this firing EM-209 like the best bro you could ever ask for hands up yeah. just kind of like oh what's, hap- what's happening and the EM-209 it's just like slowly like trying to be like get out of the way like I'm trying to kill this dude not that the fucking EM-209s can do anything to Robocop anyway because they have 47 caliber yeah. bullets so like well, he would have been hurt a bit but he's still like, gonna survive like yeah, he's that good uh, so now fucking Robocop is moving through the Omnicop facility but Maddox is there and he's got one of those red asset bracelets from the start on and he's like Asimovian machine rules, baby. A remakeability point. You're not allowed to shoot me while I've got this red bracelet on. I wrote that <laughs> code myself. And, like, Maddox starts, like, fucking with the Robocop. He's like, psh, psh, nothing personal, kid. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe a bit personal. And then Lewis just kills him. Lewis comes up, saves us again. Kills Maddox from behind. And then gets shot and is just kind of like, uh, I'm cool, man. You go save your wife. Robocop yeah. does a real quick scan and he's like, yeah, he's like, not critical. You're yeah. all good, man. And yeah. Lewis is like, oh, that's fine. Then. Yeah, thanks, robot, for telling me that I'm yeah. fine. Jesus. Yeah. He's literally like, oh, you, you're good, dude? Thanks for saving my life twice now and also taking a bullet for me. See ya! You might be intense pain, but you're not going to die. Don't worry. Yeah. Goodbye. So he goes and confronts Sellers on the, ro- on the roof. He's like, he sees his wife and his kid, who instantly realise, of course, that Sellers has been lying to them when he's like, Murphy's dead, because of course he's, he's right there. And then he's like, Clara, take David and get out of the way. And she just like gets out of the way and he like faces off against Sellers, but Sellers is also wearing a red asset Damn. bracelet. And we get a completely out of place no, oh, like Jackson. So I know you know it, this was so bad it, like, when fucking it like doesn't re- make sense in the context no. of the scene. Murphy is just like in response to being unable to shoot him. He's like, dead or alive, you're coming with me, which just <sighs> doesn't make any sense. It's a reference to the first movie, but yep, it does not apply here. It's almost if the screenwriters were like, okay, we're doing Robocop. We gotta put in Dead or Alive, you're coming with me. We gotta put in, I'll buy that for a dollar. We gotta put in, like, a couple of these iconic things. But they didn't give any thought to where or how or why. They were yeah. just like, we'll just throw them in at random times. His emotions get so powerful seeing his wife and kid uh, threatened that he yeah. then pushes through the protocol and just manages to yeah. fucking, like, cap Sellers anyway. Yeah, because fucking Sellers is like, hey, I could kill you anytime. You can't kill me because of this bracelet. I could even kill your wife. And, like, the that's, second- that's it. Then he's like, well, nah, I can actually kill you because yeah. I've broken my programming. Yeah, by having too many emotions. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice, 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 nice. But, like, 
Power of emotions rule in this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, he and Sellers both shoot each other. Like, you should tell us, Sellers shoots Keaton. And, like, so now does, like, a single bullet hurt Robocop all of a sudden? Like, is this a thing? Like, a single bullet from a fucking handgun, which is what Sellers has? Like, is that enough to kill Robocop I now? I guess it was, like, a bigger than 50 cal handgun. Like, a small portable cannon, yeah. essentially. <laughs> yeah. It's a heavily modified handgun. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, we're back to Alex being a pair of lungs and a head. Uh, very Dr. Manhattan when he manifests for the first time. Of course, very Darth Vader. How did I yeah. miss it before? He's like this shell of a man being lowered into a fucking metallic suit. But yeah, I guess this is sometime in the future. He's put back in the classic Robocop silver mm-hmm. suit rather like than the Robo black suit. silver suit, yes. Like, what? Why? Is he a good guy now? Was he a bad guy before? What like, was wrong with the black one? It looked cool. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It seems like... So there have now been three distinct Robocop suits in this movie. That's the thing you got to realise. Um... But anyway, the suit does look quite good. He gets to meet his family, and that's it. He hangs out with his family. Yeah. Now we're on the Novak Report. We get some half-hearted satire. Oh my like, god. the most yeah. tired and just like, this is how we're ending the movie, I guess. Like, I remember, dude, this is 2014. Like, this is pre-Trump, pre-Marga. Like, this is like... This is fucking predictive, this this shit that's happening here. I guess so. It's Novak, and he, he's like, uh, traitor to humanity, Dr. Norton is testifying against Robocops in the Senate, and this motherfucker should be in jail! Uh, and it's just, just like, they had to whack so that motherfucker on Samuel L. Jackson's yeah. role yeah. as well. They were like, oh, we guess they we, had we to, gotta do it eventually, they, like... Oh, they had <laughs> to give him one motherfucker. Turns yeah. out that um, the president decided to... Like, veto the ruling that would have overturned the Dreyfus Act, so robots still aren't allowed to be there Man, on, they... the, on, the, on the police force anymore. And, like, we, we learn that, like, Robocop will be returning to duty pretty soon. And the last thing we get is this fucking ridiculous, like, barreling of the camera by Samuel L. Jackson. While he's like, I know what you whiny millennials are thinking. Stop letting robots r- ruin our civil liberties. Well, guess what, you fucks? This is America. And in America, robots can be police. <laughs> it's, like, such a weird way to end a film. Oh. I think he's literally, like... What does, he, what does he say? He's like, America will always be the greatest country yeah. on Earth. <laughs> Credits. No, and no, the background fades from the map of America into just a huge encompassing American flag yeah, as well. Yeah, nice. Like, oh. So good. So, thank you for joining us. If you've enjoyed this episode of Still Interested, the podcast that you're currently listening to, you can check out more of it at curionetwork.com or the, the Tweedo or the Facebook. Just look for Curio Network and any of those things, you'll find us. We are on Twitter at, at Jackson underscore user and at Mr. BT McAllister. And Matt, do That's you have me. Twitter? Oh. I am not on Twitter. Uh, no. do, you have, do you have anything you want to plug? You got like a SoundCloud or something? Oh, I've got my SoundClouds. I've got my Facebook pages. If you want to look up Pat Merritt, that's P-A-T-M-E-R-I-T. I'm a very subpar DJ, but listen out anyway. I can tell you Matt is actually a very good DJ. <laughs> oh, I enjoy his SoundCloud mixes yeah, and I love fresh. the way he plays Star Wars music at parties. So, <laughs> it's always a good time. Check him out. Thank you for listening. Oh, oh shit. Go follow uh, Thomas Owen on Twitter because he literally yeah. finally just got Twitter. T from it. our other podcast, HL be laid he just got twitter so go go show him some love at mr tm owen go follow him i just want to pose an argument that if you were to remove pat novak from this movie then what kind mm-hmm. of god are you like i i i just think <laughs> <laughs> i just think 
interesting. Dude. I only had I only had three MVPs, and Pat Novak was one of them, and he was my favorite. I was pulling just, for Pat Novak. Like, so, like, like, literally every every like quote of the movie I could want, and like every moment of where I was like, yeah, okay, take take me somewhere, Sam Jackson. Like, I just I don't know, yeah. Pat Novak for me. No, I, unless you guys can dispute it. I mean, I was gonna say Pat Novak and or Doctor Norton would be my only two, and like I just love Pat Novak so much. He just he brings. The heat in every yeah. scene he's in. What are you vibing, Matt? My two were um, Pat Novak, but then also Murphy. Because although I didn't mention this while we were talking, um, robots having no emotions is funny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there were just so many moments where he just did the weirdest shit, like like just blowing past his wife on a motorbike or just ignoring people. And um, <laughs> um, that in itself is one thing. What about this dude? What about this dude? What about this dude? We finally get the Black Robocop movie, and it's Samuel L. Jackson, Pat Novak Robocop. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. That whole thing, like, America is the greatest country in the world, and I'll show you why. Because I've made myself into a Robocop. Yeah, I'm going to be the Robocop, and I'm going to save the world. I think a hypothetical Pat Novak Robocop has Man, to be MVP. No, I can Human Cop 3, like, Black Robocop. <laughs> human human <laughs> Cop 3, Pat Novak Robocop, Stunt the Yard 6. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be a few dance sequences in there as well. <laughs> Star Wars Episode 9, Revenge of the Robocop. <laughs> These already could pop up. It's all good. My LVPs are as follows. We got Clara for just not reacting to her husband's death. Yeah. Uh, got Maddox for being a complete tool. And I've got Dr. Norton for just fucking up the handling of Robocop so badly. <laughs> I actually threw in for Sellers earlier on, just for how much he would say something and then, like, refute his own idea, like, a scene later and be like, this is your fault. And, like, maybe that's a bit of satire I didn't get, but I just thought he was all yeah. over the fucking job. Maybe he's, like, the proxy for the writers in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Just make it work. Make it work. Hey, Nick Shank, it's me, Michael Miner. I told you to make this scene good with Gary Oldman and Michael Keaton in it, but you made it bad instead. I mean, to be to be fair, whoever the producer is that got them Gary Oldman and Michael Keaton, can you imagine that? Like, okay, guys, we're doing Robocop. I got you Gary Oldman and Michael Keaton. Just don't fuck it <laughs> and up. And Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, yeah don't and mean, uh, fucking the big man. Fucking Jackie Earl Haley. Not to mention MC Dusk. Yeah. Jay Baruchel. Fucking a panoply of stars. No question. Rider Proxy is not bad. What did you have, Matt, as LVPs? My LVP is, is very similar to the um, Rider Proxy one. But um, what was the, the the dude who's like the henchman who was in the other movie who was constantly like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Jay Baruchel. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, it'll be great if Robocop d- does this. And then Robocop would do it, but Robocop would do it a little bit differently and, like, the public would dislike it or he'd he'd break his emotions again. And then the marking dude would be like, ah, we've broken Robocop. And just backpedal <laughs> on everything he said. And it was, like, very subtle, but I was like, fuck Man. Stick to your guns, cunt. Like, nah. Dude, all right, how about this then? Allow me to, allow me to propose this to, to unify our various LVPs. What if it's just, like, the concept of Omnicorp in general? Yeah. <laughs> because, like, no, like dude, we've got, dude, like, Sellers, head of Omnicorp. We've got Norton, head technician. We've got fucking Baruchel, head of marketing. And they all suck. I think Omnicorp has to be the least valuable player in this movie. Shall we do some trivia? If we're all yes. on Omnicorp. Oh, I'm so itching for some trivia, dude. During production of the film, 
Jose Padilla phoned friend and fellow Brazilian director Fernando Mireles to confide in him his frustration and the lack of creative control he was allowed by the studio on the project. Padilla estimated that for every ten ideas he brought to the project, the studio refused nine, and went on to describe the making of the film as the worst experiences of his life. When word of this conversation became public, in an effort to appease the studio, Padilla released counterstatements expressing satisfaction with the film. Do you think that's why he decided to do, like, the shaky cam shit? Because they wouldn't let him use any of his ideas. He was like, fuck it, just spin the camera around. <laughs> so many of those little things we picked up on now make so much sense. Yeah. Like, tactile instead of tactical, and, like, throwing a little yeah. thing about totally stoned. Yeah. That was just him being like, mm. Now, Michael, I know you're trying to, like, re- revive your career as an actor, but what about in every scene if you just completely flip out on what you were doing before and just be, like, w- wacky and off the wall? And Michael's like, please, yeah. no, I'm doing Birdman later, please. <laughs> I'm already in principal photography for Birdman. I've got a movie with Ed Norton this year, man. Come on. <laughs> man, what a year for um, Michael Keaton. He worked with, like, Gary... Gary Oldman, yeah. fucking Ed Norton, Jesus. Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. Oh, dude, big names. Good times. Gigawatts, yeah. Naomi uh, Watts, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> this is fucked up. Director Jose Padilla and Joel Kinnaman, who played uh, Alex Murphy's Rower Cup, fought hard for an R rating. But due to the ever-expanding budget, which went from a modest $60 million and ballooned into $100 million, studio executives were forced to deliver a PG-13 film in hopes of recouping the money the studio had spent. Throughout the course of the filming, studio execs kept a close eye on Padilla, making sure he was going to deliver a PG-13 movie. So they literally wanted to show Robo Dick. Like, they wanted an R-rated movie so they could have Robocop fucking his wife. Oh my god, dude. Edward Norton turned down the role of Norton. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? He was already filming a movie with Michael Keaton and he was like, no, no fuck that. <laughs> I can only do one a year. I can't do two Keaton flicks in a year. It would have been like opposite Keaton as well. Yeah. Would directly opposite him too. Man. Yeah, man. They could be the best of friends. Oh, Jesus. Hugh Laurie was in talks to play the role of Raymond Sellers, but contract negotiations broke down between him and the film's producers. Clive Owen was seriously considered as a replacement before Michael Keaton was cast. Man, they got some names involved in this flick! Imagine Hugh Laurie, dude. A real American man. As Robocop? (laughs) Hell yeah, dude. Actually, yeah. Why didn't they just swap that casting around? That would be so good. Dr. Gregory Robocop, MD. <laughs> Still Interested is a production of The Curio Network and hosted by Ben McAllister and Jackson Usid. We are produced by me, Grace Chapel. Editing by Jackson Usid. Theme music is Anitra's Dance, composed by Edward Grieg. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Curio Network and at SICurio Show. We'd love to hear from you if you've got thoughts about the show, so find us on Facebook or Twitter. If you like the show, think about giving us a rate and review on iTunes, or wherever you listen. It actually is really helpful. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where I talk with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them. Or How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, where we play D&D. Seriously, it's a lot of fun. Check it all out at curionetwork.com. We'll see you in two weeks.